remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm going to come back to that, that picture of being poured out on it, that salvation and that mercy that he, imagine a jug of salvation being poured out on us or the Holy Spirit that's being poured out on us through Jesus Christ. Verse 7, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Verse 9, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that that man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. Verse 12, as soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I've decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenas, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to devote, in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Now, I just want to um, focus on that change. There is a change that happens between verse 3 and verse 4. Verse 3 sounds really, really horrible. Let me read to you verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish. You know, it's easy to point a finger and say, you guys. But Paul points a finger at us and says, you know, we were foolish. You know, we lived in a way that just didn't make sense. Why did we live that way? And I wonder if sometimes you wake up at night and you go, why did I do that? Why did I live that way? And Paul says, no, we did. You know, they, I, I, I'm just so ashamed of my past life. And he says, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. That means we we're, you know, the idea of being enslaved, we, we didn't have a choice. You know, something forced us that we, we had to go back to this destructive and this really, really dark way of living, all kinds of passions and pleasures. And then he continues on, we lived in malice and envy, 
being hated and hating one another. That sounds horrible. It sounds horrible not just because it's self-destructive, but these are all relationship words. You know, you think of your closest friends, you think of your family, you want that relationship to be good. You want to be full of love. But here are relationships that are full of malice and envy. You hate the person and yet you want the thing that they have. You envy their, their possessions, their achievements, their gifts. And then there's this cycle of hatred. He says, being hated and hating one another. I hate you, you hate me back, and I hate you even more. And isn't that tragic, you know, to live in a kind of relationship whereby you're constantly hating and envying, hating and being hated again. And this cycle just goes on and on and on. And sadly, you know, um, even in Cambridge, even in Cambridge, where everyone is trying to do the best that they can in their workplace, in their schools, you know, that competition ca can cause us to have a very kind of unhealthy <laughs> relationship, even with our friends, even with our colleagues, even with our family members. How do we get out of the cycle you know, of hate, hatefulness and being hated? Well, that's the change in verse four, verse, sorry, verse four. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. And if, you're, if you joined me yesterday, this word appeared, you know, is such an important word in, in this whole book. Because yesterday we saw how the grace of God appeared that brings salvation to all men. This is 2 verse 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation. Imagine this amazing, you know, salvation plan, this gift of God, Jesus. He appeared appeared, like he wasn't there before, but suddenly, hey, there he is. And again, verse 13, as we wait for the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So once talking about the cross, that past event, that's happened. We've been saved. You know, Jesus has died for our sins. But at the same time, we are waiting for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. We live our lives now saying, I'm waiting for you, Jesus, to come back, to save me, to change me, to redeem me. So we are in between these two appearings, but here there's this appearing about this appearing that changes our lives today. Verse five, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, because we didn't do anything, we just kept hating one another, but because of his mercy. Now the idea of appearing means there's nothing in and of ourselves that could save ourselves but something that God has to do, something that we could never know, it has to appear, it has to be revealed to us, and it changes us. Just, just, just think about that. Just knowing God's salvation changes us. Just seeing it changes us. And more than that, it's poured out on us. You know, he saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit and whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So verse 5 talks about washing, and verse 6 talks about pouring. You know, it's like liquid. <laughs> and what he pours out is this renewal and rebirth by the Holy Spirit. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is a kind of liquid that Paul, that not Paul, that God washes us with. It washes with all that hatred, but also he fills us with. So if you imagine that, hatred cycle like a fire that just grows and grows and grows. And how do you extinguish this fire? God 
pours out his salvation. God pours out his Holy Spirit on us such that it washes away all that hatred, but also fills us up. You know, this idea of pouring is like pouring into a container. It fills us up with the Holy Spirit. It fills us up with his love. It fills us up with his presence inside of us. And it washes out all that hatred. And I really love that picture. Because on the one hand, it talks about our lives in the past, but maybe even today, maybe even today you feel that hatred. <laughs> you know, you think of your friends, you think, how dare that person do that thing to me? Or how, how I wish I had that person's achievement, that position. And you know, what's going to wash away all that hatred? It, it can't be from inside us. God pours out his salvation and his Holy Spirit on us such that it washes all that sin away, that hatred away, but also fills us up with that regeneration, that renewal, that fullness of God's spirit, his son and his salvation inside of us. I just love that. You know, it's a picture of how this change that happens in us, it's something that comes from the outside. Only God could have done this, not because of our good works, he says, but at the same time, it changes us so that we are eager to live lives that are good. Verse 14, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. So interesting, isn't it? He says, not because of anything good we did, but yet verse 14, he ends by saying, we need to devote ourselves to doing what God wants us to do, to living lives that are no longer like that old, hateful, broken relationship life, but focus on doing what God wants us to do. And it should look good. It should provide for one another. It says provide for daily necessities, not live unproductive lives. There's a way of living for the Christian that should be so different from their old life. That should be, you know, that should be providing for others rather than breaking their breaking a relationship with others. You know, in the first instance, you know, that cycle again. You know, everyone close to us, we hate them, they hate us. But now that we live in Christ, He's poured out His Spirit upon us. We actually pour ourselves out for others, you know, living productive lives and providing for just everyday necessities. It's just talking about, you know, yesterday I had like a cup of tea outside with, with my friend in the street. It was just so wonderful. It was the first cup of tea I've ever had outside in over a year. But, you know, the opportunities, let me, let me, let me buy you a cup of tea. You know, let, let me, you know, do something for you today. That's just really daily, just, just regular stuff like, you know, buying you lunch or just uh, looking, helping you, helping you in this very small but very significant way is my way of pouring out to you that good and that love and that fullness, the way that God has poured out his salvation and his spirit and his son upon me. So yeah, I'm going to stop there. You know, that's Titus chapter three, you know, what God has done for us to change us from that way of life that used to be destructive but now productive, but it's all done through him. It's outside of us, not because of our good works, but because of his pouring his mercy that has appeared to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope, I hope that was helpful. Um, I'm going to pray and, and pray for you and pray for myself as well. Heavenly Father, uh, you know, we look back on our old lives and maybe, maybe I wonder if there are things that we regret, things we wish we didn't do, we didn't say. And people, you know, people we wish we had treated better. And Lord, you saw that as well. And that's why you appear to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. He took our sin. He died on the cross. And in doing so, he poured out that salvation, that forgiveness, that spirit upon us. And so, Lord, we pray, knowing that you've done this for us, to change us from the inside out, 
Help us, Lord, to love the people around us, not to hate them. Help us to lead productive lives and not destructive lives, all for the sake of your gospel as we wait for the appearing of your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.